Hey, you're listening to the Talking Tough podcast, brought to you by Dr. Martins and hosted by me, Georgia Moot. I'm a model and presenter from London, and on this podcast, I'll be talking all things tough with our guests, covering important subjects including body positivity, diversity, mental health, and sexuality. Hope you enjoy. Thank you for tuning in. I'm super excited to present to you our live final show with Miss Jason. Before I jump into it, I just want to say a massive thank you to the Mystery Jets for providing our jingle for the series. I'd also love to give a massive thank you to Doc Martins for giving us this space to talk about these important things. And lastly, I want to say thank you to all of our amazing guests. We've had some really great conversations and I really appreciate it. Now, on to the show. So today on Talking Tough, we have Miss Jason. Jason is a YouTuber, presenter, and nightlife enthusiast. If he's not hosting the night, you can find Jason documenting it on his YouTube channel, Jason's Closet TV, where he'll be showing off outfits in the club and exploring the culture surrounding it. Jason is making strides in the scene, celebrating identity and opening space for conversations around self-expression. So Jason, welcome to Talking Tough. So I wanted to start off with like a bit of background info and I was wondering how you got into this career path because you've carved out quite a niche like I don't see anyone else doing what you do on YouTube so how did this begin? For me it began when I was a little girl living in West Virginia. (laughs) (laughs) No honestly how it started was I've always had a performing arts background. So in primary school, my mom sent me to drama school because football wasn't quite working out, as we can tell. (laughs) Um, Then after that, when I went on to college, I did performing arts. And then after that, I went to uni to do theatre studies. And after that, I had a few retail jobs. And to be honest, that's the, the, the place where you get the most performance experience. But how I actually got into doing the show was I was hosting this party called um, PDA. The person who actually does PDA, it's Misha, Akin, and um, Carrie Stacks. I went to Carrie's studio one day and was like, Carrie, I just don't really know what's going on right now. Like, I love hosting and blah, 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 but I just want to end this retail job. I'm not really enjoying it that much and blah, blah. So somebody came and told me, you have to trust the process. And trusting the process is one of the hardest things to do because when you're actually in the middle of it, you're kind of like, this is this not happening. It's not happening. I don't want to trust the process. Yeah. I want to go home. Exactly. <laughs> Take a real long nap. Exactly. <laughs> so I feel like I had to do some real like soul searching and find out who it is that I am, what it is that I actually want to do and how it differentiates from all of those other people that are doing it already. And I kind of didn't see anybody that is like me doing a show like that. For example, Wendy Williams, America, US. Um, Graham, Norton, Graham Norton, gay, gray, fab. But nobody was like my hue <laughs> that was doing it. So I was like, okay, so if I'm really gonna like do this, what is gonna be my angle? Gotta and carve my angle's... out your niche, exactly. your USP. Exactly. And that's where the closet came in. <laughs> so, <laughs> funny story about Jason's closet and how it started. Carrie was like, so have you come out to your parents yet? And I was like, come out to my parents. What? 
that? My mom is Caribbean and my stepdad is Nigerian, so it's not oh. gonna happen <laughs> for me anytime soon. So she was like, so why don't you just call it like coming out? She's really like quick with this stuff. So she was like, why don't you just call it like Jason's closet? And then every episode you're just coming out of the closet and then you just come out all the time. <laughs> you don't have to tell them anything. That's kind of what happened. And here we are. <laughs> um, do you think that fashion is more free than other industries in terms of like self-expression and being able to kind of, yeah, show your identity? I think it depends on the person because not everybody is fashion obsessed. Some people are obsessed by different things like, for example, music, food. I think with fashion though, it's very visual. So it's kind of like, this is you. Oh, really? That's what you're like. I can get a sense of somebody by, I know this is judging at the same time, but I can get a sense of somebody or their like, um, not necessarily their outlook on life, but their being by what they're wearing. If it's like an event where they had to make an effort. Right. Not like the everyday Tesco run. No, like, no, 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 no. Because then it's like your fault. Sometimes you just have to throw that jumper on and those huh. jeans and sometimes <laughs> it looks fab. <laughs> I put some looks in the post office. It, I don't know, know about you, honey, but... <laughs> it's that last minute get together. That sometimes that just... It's the best one. <laughs> it's the worst when you're like, oh, I'm just popping out. Like, I'm not really, I'm not going to see anyone. And then mm. it's always then that you see like your mother, your brother, your brother's best friend, your brother's brother's best friend. And you're like, oh, Jesus Christ. So you know what you do? You hold your head up and you walk. You stump. You pump. Pump. <laughs> pump. Pump. It's not even walking at that point. It's like, you know when you feel really, really shitty and just like, oh, I didn't come out to see anyone. I'm hungover. And I can't really deal with any of this stuff. Hold your head up and pump. Okay, and everyone would look at your outfit like, wow, who is that person? Who do they think they are? What do they wear it? But I think that's so true about like, I mean, you said it was judging, but I think it's like naturally what we all do, like mm. how you dress and what you wear is kind of what you're saying to the world. And whether that's like me going out and basically my dressing gown, that's me saying to the world, don't talk to me. Mm. I'm hungover. Or like, you know, <laughs> or like it's been a long week. Like just mm. don't. So I think it's like, I don't think it's necessarily judging. To me, judging is like, if I would see what someone's wearing and then have like some kind of opinion on that, like, yeah. oh, that's not, I wouldn't wear that. Like that's that. the thing about what a look is though. When you think about what a look is, for example, you said, I'm putting on this dressing gown. I'm hungover. Blah, blah, blah. That's a look. Like that's a look in itself. Yeah. If you were to do that with a cigarette walking down the street, that would be fab. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So I wanted to move on to talk about nightlife and specifically London's LGBTQ plus nightlife. Mm. Um, I mean, it has such like a, a strong history around it um, and is so important for so many reasons. But I was just wondering, why do you think these spaces are so important? And why do you think London has such like an affiliation with queer nightlife? Well, I've grown up in London my whole life, so I can't really like speak for anywhere else. Um, but I can say that going to places like Pussy Palace, um, PDA, um, Babes, I can name a few parties <laughs> that you guys might know. Um, Adonis. Adonis. <laughs> um, going to places like this, it just, it's, it's like, it helps you to be free. It really does. It's like the whole time you know that in life, us as um, LGBTQI plus people, we're constantly judged. Like, we're, it's like a, it's, it's, it's part of it, you know? It's like you grow up, even before I came out and I was closeted, I honestly just 
was closeted because I felt judged. So places like Pussy Palace, like Babes, like PDA, and, and so on, they help you feel... I guess this is like what a safe space is. It just helps you feel safe and, and free to express yourself and free to free to be gay, you know? <laughs> free to be whoever you want to be and free to like have your friends there and have regular conversations that you can't really have outside in the street because it's too hard because this person across the road is watching you or this person that's walking down the street is watching you or like the judgment. You don't have judgment there. I mean, you have judgment there. <laughs> in terms of outfit, wait, who is that person? Oh, they're cute, but who is that? But it's kind of fab. It's part of it. It's part of it. It just helps you to be free. It does. Do you think, because there's been quite a few crackdowns at the moment, I know especially mm. like in the borough of Hackney mm. and nightlife, there's been quite a few like closing of clubs and some of these spaces have um, come under like, is it shadow banning on Instagram yeah. and stuff I mean, like that? I mean, even in Camden, there used to be a drag bar near Camden Station and that's closed down and that that whole scene of like dragging Camden like the Camden whole Camden needs community. to be a huge yeah, like, yeah 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 that's changed as well but do you how do you think that we uh, retain these nights in these spaces because I think a lot of the time the issue is that uh, unlike maybe some other club nights these like queer spaces don't always get mainstream backing or mainstream funding so how do we help, uh, yeah, like retain Pussy Palace or like keep these nights alive? I think the most important thing is when they're doing crackdowns, like you say they are, that that we all move towards a space where you can be okay with that person being themselves, you know? And by by us being visible and by us, we need allies, okay? That's what it is. We need allies. We need all you straight folk that are in the audience. Shout out all the straight folk. We need you guys to understand who we are and how we can't change ourselves and how there needs to be space for us as well because there's space for you everywhere. But we don't have that space. We can't go to the same places as you and feel comfortable. We can't go, for example, like some of my trans friends couldn't come to the same club, the same straight clubs that I could possibly get into. Do you know what I mean? Because of who they are. I think what we need to do is build more of a sense of like, it's not just a straight issue or a gay issue. This is a people issue. Like, somebody can't be who they want to be because people are stopping them from doing that. So we need to... I think what needs to happen is we need to have more of a sense of togetherness and understanding and support. Like, it's all about support. So making everyday spaces safe spaces. Yeah, everyday spaces safe spaces. And that goes down to what we do ourselves, you know, it's not just you expecting somebody else to do something for you. It's also about how you live your everyday life and how you're making sure that that person that's across the road or that person is still okay. It's humanity, really. That's what it boils down to. The reason why we are the queens of the night is because we have the night. That's what it is. We have the, the dark sky protecting <laughs> us so you can't really see people that much and you can't really like see what people are about. But... What needs to change is that we need to be able to go into a space where we can just, like, be us, you know? Like, we can just, like, vogue in the middle of the street without somebody saying something. The most important thing is that London or whatever city is a safe space, full stop, okay? That's what we need to push towards. Um, but we do also need to, like... <sighs> educate people somehow to some extent on things that they can say things that upset people things that maybe you can say at home but not say there because everybody's entitled to their opinion but your opinion is not for everybody else you know 
my thing with um, education, and especially when it comes to minorities, is that I never think it should be a minority's job to educate the rest of the world. Google is available. And <sighs> wait, hold, can we just get that one more time? Can we just get that one? Say again. Google, Google is, available. is available. Whatever other browser you use. Google is available. <laughs> so here's my thing, okay? In terms of like education, um, there's a, there's educating somebody and there's policing somebody, okay? I am a queer, um, I'm a queer black person. I was going to say person of ethnic minority, but girl, you know. It's a mouthful. <laughs> I don't want to have to speak on my issues as a queer black person. I don't want to have to tell you that what you're saying is wrong when you should know that it's wrong. I don't expect for you to not understand where I'm coming from when I say that it's wrong. Google is available. As I said, I I do have a lot of trans friends and they don't want to speak for being trans all the time. Like, it's a lot already. The fact that you have to describe who you are and like somebody misgendering you and somebody saying the wrong pronoun and blah, blah, blah. It's, It's annoying. It's really annoying. Have you always felt as kind of as confident as you come across? Or is this something that's been learned or come with time? So my mum, good old novelette. Back to the mother. <laughs> exactly, back to the mother. This is where it all came from. My mum has always had this thing of us not being shy. She's always like, if we were shy in, for example, going up in church at the altar or like shy to go and audition for something, she used to get really frustrated and and, and annoyed. So I've always (laughs) had this thing of like fighting that, that fear of nervousness or like anxiety, like not exactly, not exactly getting through it, but always like, you know what? If you get to that point, I'm still going to beat it. And I think I gained my confidence from me, my real confidence in myself and like me to other people in coming out of the closet. I mean, that's probably one of the most confident things Mm. that, or like, I don't want to call it brave. That's very patronizing, but that's kind of one I can only imagine would be one of the biggest hurdles. No, it is really brave. It's really brave. Um, that's actually, yeah, I can imagine that would kind of lamin, laminate part mm. of your personality and your... Because it's like after you've done that huge thing and you can just be so happy to be like, Miss Thing, I am gay. <laughs> I am gay, 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 gay. Once you can actually say it and once you can actually be comfortable in yourself being flamboyant and yourself being really happy feminine, there are masculine gays as well, not shading them. Once you once you once you've found who you are and how to express yourself, then confidence comes naturally from that. Has anyone ever tried to silence you or tried to kind of? Yeah, <laughs> I think you can say like, no, I went to theatre school. Like we're all darling, encouraged, darling, but darling. that's the dream world. <laughs> I am a chatterbox. Okay, so I'm always getting silenced. But um, yeah, a lot of the time, even through filming Jason's Closet, sometimes you are faced with that a lot. Like the world hasn't changed at the rate that we see it changing at. So it's important that when we do look on like Instagram, we see all of these posts and and we think everybody's so busy, everybody's like changed a lot. It's not like that in the real world. And also if you live in this bubble of London, leave London, okay? Go to like a different city or go to like a a country town or, or something like that and realize 
that people still think the same as they did 10, 15 years ago. It hasn't changed completely. It's just because we live in the city and we're all on this app and it's like, oh my God, yeah, things are moving forward. We have to reach out. We have to like somehow get out of that mindset, but also get out of cities and also like really think about all those young people that are in marginalized towns or towns that make them feel really uncomfortable or um, not, not free enough to express themselves. It's important that we go there and still like not preach, but inform and tell them about Google. I can imagine if you're someone who's kind of queer or or having any kind of like questioning around their sexuality or any mm. part of their identity, kind of half an hour at the end of a day to like go on YouTube and watch you would just mm. be so comforting. Mm. Um, and I think that's what everyone kind of looks for, especially when you're growing up, because growing up is like difficult. Don't no matter how, like, it doesn't matter. Like... Mm. You could, growing up is hard. So I think it's always, you, people are always looking for those kind of role models or those people they can look to for some kind of comfort. So to you. That's <laughs> For that. <laughs> um, so kind of following the narrative of difference, Jason's Closet TV, you document some very interesting people mm. and interesting nights as well. Like mm. just when I think I kind of know what you're into or what you're doing, I'll it see changes. you at some yeah, I'll see you at some event or a different look. Yeah. It'll be like one day this, another day goth girl, another day. And yeah. I'm like, and I love it. Keeping <laughs> me on my feet. But um is that kind of the premise of the channel to look for these different nights and different genres and these mm. kind of subcultures of London? Yeah. So basically, when we were coming up with Jason's Closet as well, this was like part of it as well. Um, what is it that you want to do? Well, you know what? We all live in our own bubble, but how about we explore like a different bubble and see if we like it? So with Jason's Closet, we go to different music and party scenes or sometimes just like scenes in general um, without giving too much away. <laughs> season two that's coming out we've gone to some places that are completely dissimilar and i've still managed to have fun in all of those places so i've gone to do you know what exclusive i've gone to um ascot i've gone to the royal ascot i've also gone to a car drag race street meet does anyone know what that is that's where they drift. It's like Tokyo drift, okay? I was literally the only gay in the village. It was fab. I loved it. <laughs> Had a great time. I wanted to um, move on to talk about labelling, kind of in keeping with identity. Um, to me, at least, it does seem like or what's been highlighted recently is that people are slightly obsessed with labelling mm. and, like, fitting people in a box. Because even with, like, the binary ways of, like, defining someone's sexuality mm. mm-hmm. and people not seeming to understand non-binary or bisexual, or, you know, it's these very kind of, like, black or white, literally. Black mm. or white, this or that. It's boxes. It's just more boxes. Yeah. What? Why do you think this is still... Prevalent. I mean, it seems like it's changing, slowly but surely. But why do you think this is still kind of how people un- need to understand the world? It's literally what you just, it's, it's how people need to understand. And not everything is understandable. Like, ne- it's never going to be understandable. The way that somebody chooses to live their life or whoever they want to be, or whoever, whatever gender they want to be, or whatever, like, orientation they want to be, 
sometimes it's down to that person. The more we give things names and not just like say what it is, like, oh yeah, well, this person is like this, blah, 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 and not describe it. It's it's just more boxes. That's all it is. It's more boxes. Like me as Miss Jason, I would say that the way that I am and the way that I dress is gender fluid, as in it transcends through gender. I will never say that I am super masculine. I'll never say that I'm super feminine because or or give myself any of these names because it fits me into a box. And I'm not a box. I'm a circle. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no edges. <laughs> no edges. No white corners. <laughs> no, that's edges. I didn't need to come for you. Yeah. <laughs> no edges under that wig. That's why you got a hat on. <laughs> you, know, you see that right there? That little edge right there? Don't worry, I haven't got any either. That's fine. <laughs> My mother would be ashamed. Um, no, I think you're completely right. Like, it. I think it is a thing of people understanding. And I really, really like what you just said then about... Not everyone's life you have to understand. No. I think that's what people sometimes get confused with. It's like, mm. oh, because I don't live my life the way you live your life, it can't be correct. Mm-hmm. And that's not like that, that's something I think we've all kind of probably to some degree had to learn when meeting new people or having new experiences or you know, the first time someone changes their pronoun, everyone kind of, you know, might slip Whoa. up or... Oh my gosh. Yeah. Really? Or even like, no you might like slip up and then you suddenly soon, very soon, kind of become aware that it's not, it's not that deep, like mm. to change mm. how mm. you think of someone. Mm. But I think it is, it's, it's, it's definitely more, and this is what I feel like with any discrimination, it's such a personal problem to whoever is causing the hate or causing yeah. the issue as opposed to the person who's just like living their best life that's like that saying um your problems are not my problems they're your problems you know so it's, it comes back down to you and how you see yourself most of the time when you are actually viewing people of different genders or people of different i'm just gonna say orientations again um you that judging eye that you, that you give to them is kind of you judging yourself. You should look at it as like, why do I see it as... It's asking yourself interpersonal questions. Like, why do I see myself saying that to somebody? Why do I see this as weird? Like, you should see acceptance. <laughs> you should really see acceptance when you look at people like that. Or even if you have a thought that you might think is, like, problematic. Mm. As everyone does, it's then about... Challenging yourself. Yeah, turning it inwards instead of vocalizing yeah. it. Challenge yourself and think, why am I why am I thinking like this? Why mm. have I been brought up to think this way? What is it with me that I can change so that I'm okay with everyone? Do you think then that with labeling, people do it more for the benefit of other people yeah. than they do themselves? 110%. I definitely feel like that. I feel like it's like so somebody has something to call them. You know? Yeah. Somebody has something to refer to them as when you could just call them by their name. It's like, so somebody feels more comfortable about what they're about to say because they know their gender already. It doesn't, for me, labels don't make sense. Um, what advice would you give to someone who is struggling with their identity? Like we were talking about earlier, someone in a small town mm. who uh, is feeling misunderstood mm. for whatever reason. What advice would you give? I would say, Miss Thing, there is Google, there is YouTube. There are people just like you. There are people that 
are marginalized. There's also people that feel uncomfortable. There's also people, but some of those people are actually doing life and it's actually okay, you know? So whoever you are, if anybody's listened to this podcast, can I just say that is in a, in a place where they are just like, oh, I can't do this anymore. This is just too much. I don't know who, I, I don't know why people won't accept me. You're accepted. One funny thing is there's always, you've got your main family. And me and Georgia were t- talking about this earlier. And then you have your chosen family. And your chosen family are the people that are like you or accept the same views that you have or accept this, your outlook on life or just how you are as a person. There's always someone out there for you. So if you're not getting it where you are, Miss Thing, leave. Come to London. Come and be my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, pump, girl. Pump, Miss um, Thing. When I say pump, I mean, if, <laughs> if you're facing some, if somebody said something to you, Pump, turn around and walk away. Like pump, feel it. Listen to listen to Borim as well. <laughs> <Say that. laughs> um, lastly, what tough topics do you think need to be discussed into the future? So we ask this at the end of every uh, episode to kind of yeah put what we need, what else needs to be discussed going forward. Going forward, um, stop killing our trans girls, please. Number one. Amen. Um, number two, like these are the issues that I'm finding really difficult to deal with right now as well. Um, the world is coming to an end, guys. Okay. <laughs> Let's please look after our environment. Um, there was a huge thing about Extinction Rebellion. We actually did an episode yeah. on it as well. Yeah, coming up. Coming up. Next season. Wow. Another, another exclusive. exclusive. <laughs> Basically, you've got the whole season here. So, but still watch, please. <laughs> But yeah, we've done an episode. With, we've done an episode with them as well. It's. It, I think the climate crisis isn't an issue that is not for all of us. It's actually for all of us. You know, what is a final issue that we'll have that needs to? What's the last I'm gonna issue? I'm going to turn it to you guys. So. All the straight people in the audience, please be aware and please be really accepting. Well, be more aware. Like, simply just be more aware. If somebody is not like you or you can tell that they may be different, you don't necessarily have to have a conversation. Just make them feel comfortable because they're going through it already. So definitely do that. I think that's a lovely point to round it up mm. on and something we can all take away. Thank you so much to Miss Jason for thank coming. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you so much, of course, to Doc Martins for giving us this space to be able to thank rattle Thank you, Dr. Martins. Trap shit. Um, but <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you for coming down. <laughs> Woo!